0: Welcome to the Build the Future podcast. My name is Cameron Weesey, and I'm your host. I've always been fascinated by the ideas and the sentiment that drove American culture in the 1960s with the space race. A culture galvanized to dream about the possibilities of tomorrow. Whether it's food, transportation, cities, biology, or anything else, it was this cultural mindset rooted in optimism that the world tomorrow would be better than the world today. A mindset where people were compelled to build things, and I quote JFK, not because they were easy, but because they were hard. It's this desire to build and to dream that seems to have been lost, and something we're here to bring back. With Build the Future, we're here to promote the ideas and stories of those who see how the future can be better and promote their plans to get us there. It's our mission to get you to dream about the possibilities of tomorrow, dream about the future that you want to live in, and inspire you to go build. Today, we're talking to Rahul Rana, the author of Making Moonshots. Making Moonshots is a new book that dives deep into the mindsets, philosophies, and strategies that are conducive to pursuing moonshot companies. I've been following Rahul's journey over the last year as he's been writing this book, and I'm really excited to have him on to share what he's learned. So let's jump right in. Rahul, First of all, thank you so much for, for coming on. I'm f- excited to finally have you on and talk about your book.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah.
0: So tell me about your book, Making Moonshots, and yeah. the sort of future you hope it helps build.
1: Yeah, of course. So, so Making Moonshots, right? What it is, it's a deep dive into the philosophies, mindsets, and strategies that are really conducive to building moonshot companies, right? So really impactful deep tech, things that are sort of metaphorical for going to the moon, right? the Apollo missions, and so forth, right? Like the really, really hard, the seemingly impossible things to do. But yet if you do them, they're insane, right? They're they're impactful, they're profitable, they change the world. And I really just wanted to inspire regular people, right? Like, like tell them, like, all right, like this is not, you know, just for the rich or just for the insanely smart, you know, PhD, whatever. It's like this is for everyone. Everyone can make these. And it's it's all a matter of just like, you know, what's the mindset, right? What are the philosophies, the intangibles? putting them in action and sort of going about, you know, navigating the whole ecosystem around it. And, and it's, it's so democratized. It's so accessible to everyone. I just want to give them that toolkit and then sort of empower them and inspire them on making moonshots. Right. So, and I guess like, you know, in terms of what future do I want to see it build? I, I, again, it's it's the name, right? I want to see more moonshot companies, more of those, you know, really, really profitable, yet really impactful companies that leverage some sort of deep tech, really advanced science or technology and solve some big problems in the world. So, so yeah.
0: I think you, you kind of answered it in that, but I want to I just dive a little deeper because you yeah. start your book and all of your interviews with like, what is a moonshot to you? And so I want to yeah. spin the tables and ask you the same question. Like, what is what is a moonshot to you?
1: What's a moonshot to me? Yeah, so it's so a moonshot, right? Like it's any sort of it's a three part a three part spectrum, right? So, you know, to varying degrees, right? But it's it's leveraging some some really advanced you know, science or technology, right? The deep tech part, using it in a radically creative solution, right? A disruptive solution, you know, one that no one has ever thought about or no, no one's ever sort of made successfully. And then three is solving a big problem in the world. Sort of the, the combination, sort of like the Venn diagram of all three of those things, to varying degrees, obviously, that's what really is a moonshot company. And it's, again, like I mentioned before, it's just like those companies have really solved some problem, right, or, or make some breakthrough that are reminiscent of going to the moon, right? It's it's technically impossible to make, almost technically impossible, right? Seemingly impossible. You know, you need that right mindset to do about it. it it's, it's probably going to fail. But, you know, if it is successful, like it's going to change the world or, or change some, you know aspect of society and, and and you know in turn have really a really positive impact so so that's what a moonshot is to me and you know a moonshot company
0: yeah you break it down the yeah the mindset the philosophy the strategy and the uh, ecosystem what what yeah. surprised you the most about the mindset piece like what yeah, what, yeah. what is it that these moonshot founders uh, how they view the world that that you want to share to everyone else
1: so honestly like it's it's kind of funny like what was most surprising is how normal and how accessible these mindset, right like these, these sort of qualities are like mm-hmm. literally anyone can do it and i like everyone has that energy and as so long as they have that energy like getting those right qualities right you know building those qualities right you, obviously you know working towards them or whatever it may be just like building that mindset is so it's not easy but it's simple right like yeah. anyone can really you know really really sort of adopt those things and you know in that light what what's interesting to me on, on how literally all the people that I've ever sort of observed, which I found is one thing that they always share. And um, if, if you, if you read you know, the the first chapter, right, all about radical creativity is that they, they really harness these seemingly opposing qualities. And I think the harmony of those qualities is really what, what, what gets them successful, right? They're super childish, but super sort of, you know, they're responsible, right? They're, they're, they're responsible, but they're really responsible. Right? They're really dispassionate, but they're really, really passionate, really pessimistic. You're really optimistic. And it's really like, these, these really seemingly opposing qualities. I just, I was, I noticed this between like every single one of them. Like there's not one that did not have some degree of, of, of sort of the, the, these polar opposite qualities. And I really like, you know, dug into that and, and I came across Mihaly, I don't know how to say his last name, but the, the scientist behind the flow state, right? Oh yeah, yeah. That really, really long last name. Yeah. Yeah. He actually wrote a really similar book on, you know, what are the qualities of the people who, you know, discover things, create things and so forth. He, he, you know, he, he sort of broke it down into those, those 10 sort of qualities of like creativity, right? I basically, you know, took that and I really demarcated sort of, sort of uh, discriminated between, you know, regular creativity and radical creativity. The way I sort of describe it is sort of regular creativity. That's making new things out of old things, repurposing, mm-hmm. recombining connections between existing things and sort of, you know, assuming this linear future based on those things i think radical creativity is the opposite right it's it's sort of making new things out of new things and it sort of you know assumes this exponential sort of future in which anything can happen right Mm -hmm. it's it's sort of you know this compounding effect in terms of you know science and tech progress or whatever it may be and and that's really like the mindset that these that these moonshot founders harness and they they put it into action and you see it in their work so so yeah that, that was honestly that was that was like the coolest thing i found
0: so going back to the kind of the energy that everyone has within them to go mm-hmm. do something like this, what do you think people aren't pursuing moonshots? What are the what are yeah. the blockers?
1: Yeah, well, there, there, there's so many on and right. I would say there's like, like, like in my book, there's sort of intangible, intangible things, right? So in terms mm-hmm. of intangible things, obviously, it's hard, like, it's not easy going to the moon, right? The Apollo missions, it was probably going to fail, right? Like SpaceX, right? Control Labs, like whatever, any company, right? they're probably going to fail, a lot of people can't, you know, maybe maybe sort of don't have the, the means of, you know, internalizing that risk. And that's totally that's totally understandable. People have different financial situations, right? Different interests. Mm-hmm. They may have different priorities, right? You got to put food on the table and and then maybe you could take more risks if you could do that, right? But if you can't, like, you, you know, you got to focus on those you know, basic survival and whatnot. Again, different different sort of, you know, needs, necessities, circumstances, whatever it may be. So honestly, like the way to overcome that, I realized is, all right, like if you look at big tech, look at, look at you know, big finance, right? Investment banking, you know, software, all those, you know, really, really in in demand sort of you know jobs and whatnot and you look at them and and basically like one they have like this like really really conducive in ecosystems like you know mentorship and right growth Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. forth right exit opportunities right they have a lot of incentives basically is what i'm trying to say right the incentives to go there are are so high and like especially you know for for maybe people don't have who are aspiring to have you know solid salary right solid benefits right Mm -hmm. health insurance i don't know like any any benefits right any incentives right they go to those industries you know to do whatever they want to do and have the lifestyle that they want to live the, the, the social attitude, right. The, the social infrastructure, and also like the social sort of so incentives, deep tech, right. And, and sort of research and academia don't have those yet. And, and, and sort of, you know, all the, all the industries that are making moonshot companies, right. Like they don't have that, that three-part sort of, um you know, structure. So if you want to overcome that, we, we gotta, you know, have like better better incentives, right? Have a better attitude around, you know, all things deep tech and then sort of, you know, incentivize people to come to it as they do, you know, software engineering, right? Or or investment banking or whatever, you know, finance positions or whatever it may be. So it's interesting, right? Like, so again, like to, to, to recap, intangible, right? People are scared to do it, right? It's a big mm-hmm. risk. It's totally understandable. But then in in sort of, you know, tangible terms, right? People have different circumstances and, we have to make this, this environment or this ecosystem that's really, you know, conducive, their sort of personal growth as well as their career growth. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I want to talk about like how we go about creating that ecosystem, but first it sounded like you were tracked for finance. You're like, cool, I'm going to go into investment banking. Right. But, but something kind of shifted in your, your mindset. So what was that, what was that moment for you where you're like, "Mm, I don't know if I want to go do this anymore. I want to, I want to shift gears and go pursue something a bit more ambitious.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So It's kind of funny. Like um, I always tell this to everyone. So my dad, my entire life, he's worked at Bell Labs, right? Any any tech enthusiasts know how you know groundbreaking, how, how crazy Bell Labs was, all the Nobel prizes, right? All the insane sort of inventions and everything. That mm-hmm. was my childhood, right? Like I'd go to all the labs, right? See like the bronze plaques. It was like so inspiring, right? I'd play with all their you know their little like fancy gadgets and and you know computers and whatnot. I was like super cool. I loved it, and you know that was sort of like I, I was just like, early on. I was really exposed to all things you know deep tech and research and whatever. And then funny enough, back in high school. I sort of just blocked off all that curiosity right for science and tech and whatever and I sort of fell in with the finance crowd right mm-hmm. admittedly like again like the salary to prestige fancy suits whatever like you know Wall Street like I was like damn like I want that I got to college and I was like wait you know I started you know networking in the space you know, started doing the work and I was like wait I don't know about that like like it's interesting again I spent four years of high school developing those skills so mm-hmm. I had the skills in finance right and again I absolutely do I do like finance you know all things you know business related and whatnot but I wanted to do it in a context that was actually impactful right and right. and something that that really was fulfilling at the end of the day, and I just think again, like the podcast that's right, building the future that's fulfilling. Like that that would that, that makes me like genuinely happy, and sort of you know if I could bridge the gap between those who are discovering the future, right, those in academia, right, those in research organizations like what Bell Labs used to be and and you know still continues to be, but nonetheless you know as innovative as 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 they are you know, give them the business acumen, right? Like help them with with the business side of things and sort of, you know, in turn, commercialize these breakthroughs, right? Make more moonshots at the end of the day. So that, that's how I got into, you know, the deep tech space. And then after that, you know, I was just like, all right, let me do something bold. And that's how I got to writing the book.
0: So I assume that there's a lot of thinking that went into, okay, like, what else can I go pursue? Right? Yeah. I'm curious, how did you land on, on doing a book?
1: So that was 100% serendipity. Actually, it was just like, okay. it, it was just coincidence. Like, it's so funny. Like, I mean, you know, came to this realization. All right. I want to combine you know, finance and, you know, deep tech and whatever. Right. That was basically, you know, October, November of of 2019. Mm-hmm. So, right. So, so December came, right. I finished the semester. Was that, you know, on winter, oh, on winter break, I was like, damn, like, I really, I have so much energy, like so much passion. Like I want to do something bold. What's the boldest thing I could do? That's actually, you know, possible. It's feasible at, you know, my sort of um, moment in time, right? Considering my skills and, and what I know and stuff. And I think starting a company was not the best sort of um, thing to do at the moment. I don't think I could have added enough value or made a company or whatever at, at that moment in time. So I was like, all right, like, what's the next best thing, right? Creating content around the thing, right? If I'm passionate about it, like that'll, that'll come easy to me. And, and it really did. I started taking in so much, so much content and, you know, got ideas and, you know, how I want to present this. And then as I was doing all that, again, pure serendipity or coincidence, whatever it is, I came across my uh, a mentor of mine, right, who's soon to be the mentor who brought me on this book journey. So he's a Georgetown professor. His name is Eric Custer, and I just came, you know came across him on LinkedIn, had a conversation with him. He's like, all right, like out of out of the goodness of his heart, like he loves bringing people like together, right? He has this like author community. He you know teaches them how to write books, right? Like he teaches them write like from writing like literally like, like the hook of like uh, of a story, to putting it into an actual manuscript to even publishing it, right? Setting up with a publisher, sort of you know doing a marketing, sales, whatever, whatever. He got me started on the entire journey, and it was. At that right point in my time, when I was like, "All right, I have the energy. I need to do something. I need to harness it and you know, sort of channel it into something." And again, I don't know why, like maybe like the universe was looking out for me, but like he came at the perfect time, and I just ran with that idea. You know, he, he took me under his wings and, and mentored me the entire time, set me up with the publisher, and, and so forth. So, so yeah,
0: and here you are, year, <laughs> yeah, yeah, here, man. a little bit more than a year later with an incredible book pulled together. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like the I, I have a hard time believing in, like free will. In a way, it's like stuff just kind of comes across our paths, and it's like cool. I'm gonna like jump in. I'm gonna grab it, and then I'm gonna go and see see where it takes me. And in that that process is always a journey of like immense personal growth, and it's like providing like and it gives you a new lens on the world. And so, Mm -hmm. with this journey you've been on for the book, in the context of pursuing moonshots. What was your headspace like before going into the book? Because you had a lot of energy, you were excited. And then yeah. what kind of change for you along the journey that, that influences how you're seeing things now at the end?
1: Yeah. Ba- all right. So back when I started, right? This is January. So I, my first idea for a book, right? Like, so you know, talked to a professor, right? He, he brought me in, you know, under his wings and whatever. We were ideating, right? What's like a solid book, right? I was, you know, I told him all the things I was interested in. VC, deep tech, whatever it is, you know, solving big problems, whatever, whatever. So my first idea was actually not moonshots, right? My first idea was actually sort of taking like, all right, like how does, how is the private sector, right? Startups and whatever, how's the private sector solving public sector problems, right? So Mm -hmm. problems that are, you know, the purview of the government or have been ruined by the government, right? Healthcare, insurance, all these, all these sort of industries that are, you know, heavily politicized, heavily regulated, like what are the startups doing that are, that are sort of cutting through that, making some solid companies in that, in those spaces. And again, awesome, awesome sort of topic but. I just I just was not passionate about that right like yeah and it, it was funny like I, I was I was talking to one of my friends and he was just like yeah like if you're not passionate about it right, like you shouldn't do it because you're gonna you're gonna devote a large portion of your life to this And I was like yeah like I just couldn't find that intrinsic motivation to even like do the research around the topic and I was just like them like wait like I don't know like I had asked myself like, like why do I want to do VC right why do I want to you know again solve all these big problems in the world or you know all I was just like I got really introspective right <laughs> it was yeah. kind of funny and like there I, and i was just like all right like i just love all these you know these like sci-fi sounding things right these like sort of optimistic these like you know heroic sort of inspirational things right it, it's super super broad but i was just like all right like that's why i love all these advanced and you know advanced sort of sciences and technologies right like all these like cool cool startups right they they make me feel like a kid again right like like you know watching marvel movies or something and it was just like all right like that's what i love but i don't know how to make a book out of that and again i don't know if the universe was just Looking out for me, what I don't know what happened, but I was, you know, just like, you know, doing some research, right? Some like live research, listen to podcasts, whatever. I came across the X Moonshot Factory, right? I came across Lux Capital, came across all these super, super amazing, just like startups, right? Control labs, variant bio, all of you know, Lux portfolio. Like I absolutely love those companies. Yeah. And it's just like, damn, like those are moonshot companies. Like there's no literature around how to actually how like you know, any normal person, right, any regular person can 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 make such a company, right? there's no literature around, you know, how we, how we can make, you know, an ecosystem around, you know, said companies. What are sort of the, the special factors that these founders, like that they harness, right. That, that, you know, other founders don't, or other people don't. And, you know, how can sort of people actually build, build to those, those qualities, right. You know, I want to make it actually actionable. and I was really like, wait, like that's a perfect book.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, 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 and I ran with that. So it was, it was interesting in the beginning, like it was just like all right. Like it was a topic I was super, super interested in about, but like the thing is like, and, and I always tell this to everyone, I was no, by no means was I an expert on anything moonshots or deep tech related, you know, when the book started, right. I use this book as a way to learn. Mm-hmm. And, and it's tough to do that, right. Cause it's sort of, you know, two responsibilities at one, right. You have to learn and you also have to put it in this digestible sort of, you know, informational and, and you know, fun manner, right. Entertaining manner. So I was doing like those two things at, at once and it was tough. It was not easy. It was absolutely, I absolutely loved it. It was yeah. just tough that like, again, like blood, sweat and tears, like I'm not even lying. Like, throughout the entire process, literally blood, sweat, and tears. And what do you I mean by that? There's one point when I, I had a, um, <laughs> a physical, right? And the doctor literally said like, all right, like, why is your heart rate like so high? It was like higher than usual. I was like, all right, like, I'm under a lot of stress, you know, doing the book really. So literally blood, right? Sweat, like, I was like, literally, like, you know, pulling investment banking hours for this book, right? 90 hour work weeks, 100 hour work weeks, and then tears, right? Like, I'm not even lying, like, there's some nights, like, I was working so hard on this, like, so many long hours that like, I started like hallucinating. Like I was that exhausted sometimes. Yeah. I was like, all right, like that's when I went to sleep on those nights. But like I'm not even lying. Like it was like tough. It was, it was not easy. Again, I was like doing, you know, I worked three internships over the summer, right? I was working, you know, working on this book, learning it, and also, you know, again, like I said before, right? Learning the topic and also mm-hmm. like putting it in this like awesome sort of format. Like it was it was tough. But I loved it. Like I absolutely yeah. loved it. Like it was it was just amazing. It was just like, it was just like so inspiring. So I don't know, like, you know, the journey itself was hard. I don't know if I would do it again. I'd rather, I'd rather put that time into maybe a company, right. Or or VC, you know, doing, doing investing work, which I eventually got the position because of the book mm-hmm. at Lux Capital, but nonetheless, like, I don't know, like it was just amazing. And, and yeah, no, the journey was awesome. And it, it sort of ended around mid-October. That's when I you know, completely finished the, the, actually the hard part of the book, right. The actual content. Yeah. After that's been fun though, like, like, you know, getting active on Twitter, right. Jumping on podcasts, like meeting awesome people, like sort of building a reputation around the space. Like it's been, it's been so fulfilling and, and and just like seeing my all of my work right just like put into that book and everything like it, it's it's like it feels it feels awesome so so yeah
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's a stamp in time it's like it hey, is well, like here's a product here's like here's like an artifact of of this yeah. work and, and you kind of share it with people and get people excited about it and then leverage that and yeah. then go do the next thing <laughs> i want to jump back to you mentioned kind of media and like heroic inspirations uh, two mm-hmm. questions for you. So, yep. one: what what media really influenced your thinking? Like, you mentioned Marvel movies, and I know in the the book you mentioned kind of Interstellar, Social Network, and and like the yeah. Martian, or like the cultural like <laughs> everyone watches those. Everyone's like, oh my god, I want to go be Mark Zuckerberg. Or, oh, I want to go travel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm curious, kind of outside of those, what are some mm-hmm. uh, pieces of media that have shaped your thinking? And then, two: yeah. uh, who are some heroes of yours that most people may not know about, but inspire you mm-hmm. to go pursue uh, moonshot projects?
1: of course yeah so in terms of media so there's a lot of sort of you know niche deep tech-ish related uh, content that I started taking in um you know early on you know um like some some I, obviously you know all right so a lot of like my favorite VC firms right Lux specifically like I, I love sort of you know all, all the partners that they're the content that they make like all you know these partners at these firms like I would you know look at their Twitter threads or like look at all their, their blog posts and their their podcasts and whatever and I, I'll, I'll tell you what like like the one of the like the first sort of deep tech anything related like right, podcast i ever listened to was was josh wolf's invest like the best um interview right mm. that one just like set it off right like after after that one i was like the coolest stuff ever so right early on right just a lot of taking a lot of sort of um perspectives from experts in you know academia but also like you know vc and whatever right deep tech space but from from those sort of angles and yeah yeah ever, ever since then that's really how we got started on that and then you know obviously you know i'm a, I'm a big movie fan like me and my dad we always love you know watching movies and whatnot and i, I really think like like you know to, to your point right like you know martian social network whatever it is like they have this like this evangelizing factor right like they like you you mentioned before when we were talking right like having something like tangible right like some like like a like a project right like you know if you're making you know the the event mm-hmm. i'm gonna yeah i won't say it obviously but like the event you were talking about before right <laughs> just like having something physical in in front of you right like it's just so so much better than just like you know reading it or whatever right like you know like movies where you like you hear it you feel it whatever it is so there's so many movies right like i I, like the ones that you mentioned super super just like inspired by them you know there's people uh who you know really really inspired me and then and you know just like was super inspired by all of them and then who are my heroes so in terms of heroes that's it's like interesting like i would say like you know every sort of you know major major you know like scientists or whatnot like like so what so, some of the movies i really like right goodwill hunting one of my favorite movies yeah. um the theory of everything imitation game right i really love those those sort of you know scientific bio- biographical movies like they're, they're so inspiring right like they're, they're so yeah. awesome like i really have a really deep appreciation for phd people right like people who go into academia do research or devote their entire lives to these 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 sort of uh, domains and, and, and industries and whatnot so you know, a lot of a lot of those people, I would say, are you know, are my heroes, right? I'd say one of my one of my favorite founders, uh, Thomas Reardon, and Right Control Labs. I, I never met him. I uh, Tom's like, if if he sees, it, it's like I, I want to meet him so badly. Like he's he's just like so cool. Like he he has like this like crazy crazy journey. You know, he 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 built um what was it, Internet Explorer, right? So again, talk about you know make an impact like Internet Explorer that that started like everything, right? Like yeah, every piece of information that we know and then how inter- interconnected the world is, right? It all started with internet explorer and sort of, you know, early days of, you know, Microsoft and, 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 and those companies, right. So he worked on that, he built that. And then <laughs> he went to college at like age 31 or something like crazy, like really, really late. But like he studied like classics and, and after classics, like, I, I don't know how he got into Nero. I, I forgot his exact story, but then he started control labs, right. Literally making mind control real, like that's so cool. And right. it's just like, you know, people, people like him, like, i oh, like damn, like I, I want to be something, I want to be like that. Right. Or, you know, I want to be the person who helps those people. Right. I want to, I you know, uplift them. Give them the you know financial support, right? The business acumen, sort of like all the resources that they need, just make their lives easier, right? They make yeah. the breakthrough. I'll help them, you know, sort of spread it, commercialize it,
0: whatever it is. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think it's it's one thing that seems to be missing. It's just like accessible heroes. Because you ask yeah. anyone in kind of I guess our sphere, and they're like, oh, Elon Musk. You ask anyone, yeah. and they're like Elon Musk. Elon Musk is like a, a demigod, right? Like you don't <laughs> yeah. like you can't touch him. He's like this this mythical figure. Yeah. Oh, it's Elon. Yeah. No, he's just a that yeah. dude but no one views it <laughs> that way. What we, what we need is more of the, like, Thomas from Control. Of, yeah, like, we yeah, need more people we like man. Thomas. We need more people like Blake Scholl from Boom. We need more people like yeah. Ryan Johns from Cul-de-sac. Like, we need these, yeah, these yeah. like, more accessible founders mm-hmm. or heroes that we can, yeah. we can tap into.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, and I, I've been thinking that for for a long time. Yeah, like, 100%, we need, we need more of those people. But also, like, one thing I raised in the book, I, I think I say, I, I said this, I forgot what chapter it's in, right? But, like, I raised this question, like, all right, like, why isn't there a female Elon Musk, right? Equivalent of Elon Musk but you know, but uh, you know, a woman, right? Or why isn't there a person of color, Elon Musk? Or or you know, all these other sort of demographics, right? A poor Elon Musk, right? Or 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 whatever it may be. Just like we need Elon Musk to be normalized, right? Like we, like like you know, you see someone like him and you're just like, "All right, it's a normal person, right? Doing doing what they do best, right? Like that needs to be like, you know, again, he's this awesome person and again, he has his flaws, he's not perfect or whatever, and I know it gets sort, you know, slightly sort of controversial when people sort of put him on a pedestal, but nonetheless, we need people like him mm-hmm. to be like the norm. <laughs> and once yeah. we get to that place like, "All right, that's when I know like my job is done. We've made enough moonshot founders that it's like normal." So it's interesting and and yeah, like I think like the way to do that is to have more you know heroes, but you know for you know specific subgroups, right, maybe it's geographical, maybe it's you know by gender, maybe it's by race or whatever, maybe we just need a lot of them and a diverse array of them, right, so people can actually resonate with them and and stuff, so yeah, at the end of the day like we again, like you said, we just need more accessible heroes, yeah, yeah,
0: so you cover a lot of ground in the book, you talk a lot of, talk about a lot of different moonshots, you talk a lot a lot about kind of the possible futures, I'm curious like what what excites you the most about the future?
1: I mean, so many things, like, I mean, like, like, you know, on one hand, like space is becoming ever so slightly, like, you know, more accessible, right? Like biotech, we're literally treating DNA like it's code now, like it, it's insane, right? Like mind control is like real, right? Like, you know, I'm so excited about the act, like the sheer capabilities that that, that we're sort of unlocking with all these, you know, right moonshots or deep tech, or whatever it is, right? All these like synonyms, like there's a lot of synonyms, right? Frontier tech, emerging tech, deep tech, hard tech, whatever you want to call it, like just like it's the sheer capabilities, right? And the and the potential for actually solving the hard problems. So many, so many smart people are just going to, you know, big tech, right, big finance, oh, like, you know, maximizing advertising, revenue, whatever it is, like, you know, maximizing the click rate of a button. No, like, like we sh- we got to bring that talent and we got to bring more attention to, you know, people solving like the big problems, diseases, poverty, like, I don't know, going to space, things like that, you know, things in, you know, the environment or, or aging, right, things like that. And there's so many problems out there that need to be solved. The f- the futures that I want to see, what I'm, what I'm hopeful for is that they will get solved, again, moonshot founders, right, with people who actually do the adventurous sort of uh, daring things, and then you're know, going about these 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 hard, you know, sort of extremely complex problems. And 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 yeah, that's what I'm hopeful for.
0: I mean, but you're you're doing your part now. You got you got the book. We're kind of here talking about it. We can we can get more people bought into this idea of going to pursue these moonshots. I think we're we're yeah. seeing a little bit with just this year in general. So many incredible yeah. groups have popped up. People are like, "Wait a minute, my government's not competent. Oh, my Man. local <laughs> not competent. Oh, the people who I thought were supposed to be the adults in the room, were not. And yeah. if I want anything done, I have to go do it myself. And so yeah. like, that's I mean that's why I'm excited about kind of what you're doing, the path you're on, and kind of the other people in our Twitter sphere. It's like, like no, actually no, we need to go do something." and mm-hmm. this decade is going to be fantastic as a result so
1: yeah 100% if you you know I gave you an early look at my book I don't know if you read my my government subchapter but it was funny like like my editor um he was just saying like wow like this is like scathing like this is like like, like you really you really go after government here. I was like yeah like I, I just like I say it in a mature way but I also like I don't want to hold back like there's there's just so many things that I just like wish weren't you know the way it is in the government and the government has the deepest pockets and and what if they you know could just put like a a tiny percent of it, percentage of it like more towards you know science right you know solving problems whatever it is just like you know away from like you know politics i, I just like hate politics so much like i don't know if you notice, like throughout the book but like i sort of take like a libertarian stance almost just like you know forget about the government like we're gonna do it on our own because they're not they're not here to help us i wish i I wish they were but clearly they're not so it's sort of like that that's sort of like the stance i take i i don't know if you notice that but yeah nonetheless like yeah like the government one like it's like annoying to a point right like it's just like damn like why can't you guys just like work together right like it's like solve the you know solve things that need to be solved but i don't know anyway, anyway, anyway. I think, well, <laughs> well
0: i'm hopeful we'll get there i mean we we have friends yeah, who are yeah. who are working on solving that particular problem exactly yeah yeah 100 very, very confident the future future looks bright mm-hmm. um where can people kind of follow along where can they get your book um how can mm-hmm. they how can they stay updated
1: yeah of course so so i'm pretty active trying to get really really active on twitter nice. um at r 3 underscore I have a blog. It's also linked in, in my, in my Twitter. I'm going to try to, you know, try to make some solid content there, you know, continue sort of the, the, the hype and sort of everything around my books, sort of, you know, I, I really want to build this reputation and all things moonshots. So building out a blog, obviously, you know, LinkedIn, just search, search my name, you know, Lux Capital, making moonshots, you'll probably find me there. Um, and yeah, yeah, like, uh, you know, the book's going to be on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, you know, everywhere where books are, are sold. So it's, 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 it's all out there and it's going to be out there in a couple of days as well.
0: Fantastic. Well, everyone's definitely, everyone listening, definitely go pick up a copy. Uh, I got an early look. It's phenomenal. Got me inspired. Thank you. Lots of good different moonshot ideas in there. So we have the the popular ones that you know, everyone wants to talk about. But I, I, I loved kind of getting sucked into it, as I as I said, because yeah. you just cover lots of different companies, lots of different ideas. And yeah, you yeah, did a great yeah. job of weaving in the the different possibilities, the different moonshots to be working on with you, with the narrative. It's like, how are these founders getting there? So yeah. Yeah. Excited. Thank
1: you. For, Thank you. That means a lot. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: it's, it's good. And I'm excited for everyone to kind of check it out and and dive deep and hopefully we can get more from Moonshot founders starting companies. Awesome. Awesome. Make sure to grab a copy of Raul's new book by searching Making Moonshots on Amazon or clicking the link in the show notes. And if you want to follow along Rahul's journey to help build the future, you can find him on Twitter at rrana.com. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Build the Future podcast. Lastly, if you're building and want to get support, want to hear about certain topics or from certain people, or just want to get involved in helping build the future, shoot us over an email at hello at buildthefuturepodcast.com or follow me, Cameron, on Twitter at Cam Weesey, and we'll see what we can make happen. That's it from us. Until next time, go build.